0: What's up, Warriors All-82 listeners? Uh, Another week, another crossover edition of the podcast, which I will get to in a second. But before that, I wanted to tell you about an article right now on The Athletic. Uh, I did a back-and-forth conversation with John Hollinger, who was, uh, as most people know, a large part of the Memphis Grizzlies front office for a chunk of the grit-and-grind era. Um, And he's back to being a pundit. He works for the Athletic. He has very plugged in, uh, informed thoughts on uh, really kind of just front office work. And I did like a long back and forth with him on the current state of the Warriors, where things are going, what they should maybe do with the trade exception, what they should do with the draft pick. There Are any stars out there that are obtainable, potentially Bradley Beal? What would be the path to a guy like that? Even mention the name Giannis. I don't think it should be mentioned too loudly because I think it's unlikely. But uh, we talked about all that. It's on The Athletic now if you're looking for like real kind of dense Warriors future talk. Um, But if you are on here for the podcast, which I imagine you are, here is this week's podcast, which is uh, kind of a longer conversation about our early impressions of the last dance documentary about the Bulls dynasty uh, that is currently Uh, going on ESPN and how it relates to the Warriors and the end of the Warriors dynasty, Durant ties, different stuff like that. So here it is, me, Marcus Thompson, Tim Kawakami, Ethan Strauss. Plus
1: minus. Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit. Plus Minus. That is a word right there. <laughs> <laughs> I even what What'd you say? Plus Minus. Yeah, like Marcus Thompson. Marcus always tell the truth. Plus Minus. The only thing that I would say to Ethan Strauss is that he's a pretty damn good reporter. Um, he's well plus respected. Plus Minus. I think he got the highest Plus Minus in a season in NBA history. Welcome back to Warriors Plus Minus. This is week number... 999,000 of the quarantine and we are still going strong and now we actually have content but first introductions tim kawakami the boss man Uh, anthony slater the star beat writer and of course author of victory machine bestseller to be an internet social media Controversy starter Ethan Strauss. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, pariah. but that's not new. That's not new. That's that's just the usual stuff for Ethan. <laughs> you wanted you wanted me to say Pariah, <laughs>
2: Persona Non Grata.
0: Content creator for all these shows right now at
1: at a time they need it. Yeah, you thought this was going to be bad for you. This is turn I told you this is going to be
2: this is good. Yeah, I thought when this book came out that the playoffs would be going, the Warriors are on the back burner, it's gonna be Lakers, Lakers, LeBron. But now it's like everybody's on the same level. Nobody nothing anybody did this season ended up mattering. Everybody's season is the same and we're back at the end of the Warriors run.
1: <laughs> so uh before we before we get into, you know, what we're gonna talk about, we might as well get our our uh contractual victory machine talk out of the way. <laughs> All right our paid advertisement Ugh. from the Strauss campaign. Uh is there anything you want to address on this on this episode, Ethan?
3: <laughs> oh, I don't I don't know.
2: I, TK, I, should I, he
1: be addressing anything? Is there have, anything Yeah, seen?
3: at this point he's on every single platform that's ever been existed, so uh I guess we got to talk about it here since it's it would seem like uh I, we're we're purposely not all Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: I'll I'll, address, I'll 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 insecurely defensively address one thing, which is I saw some criticism that I included a text from Kevin Durant as the start of my chapter and. A lot – people are saying like, oh, that's not the rules of journalism. Dude, if I reach out and I say any comment for interview and you respond with a missive, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm putting that in the book. I, hey, it, it is what it is. I don't understand the rules as people are interpreting it. Interpreting well, that. here's a
3: question. Not I, I, I imagine Durant hasn't reached out after this, but have you gotten – you don't have to say from who, but if, if you can. <clears throat> Has anybody reached out, been especially upset with anything in particular? Has there any been any – portion of
2: this that maybe was surprising to you that one of your sources or one of the subjects was not thrilled with um Larry Riley didn't seem thrilled with me but he wasn't exactly uh, a, a main source for the book I I think there's some the Warriors aren't happy with the idea that Steph was shopped around they disagree on the term shopped but GMs multiple GMs from other teams say shopped and I said with them that hey, maybe this is a semantic difference where you think you're just having a conversation, and they're receiving it as shopped around. And I think that's something from the Warriors side that they aren't particularly happy about. But guess what? It's not crazy or bad that they would have shopped him around in 2011, 2012. Nobody saw this coming. And yeah, that's mean, before I know.
3: that's before Mark Jackson's first season, correct? It's yeah, the yeah, kind of transitioning, and that's with. I Myers don't... is Myers is the assistant general manager. Riley's the general manager. Lacob's new into the ownership. Yeah, Steph's
2: been battling ankle. Would they be crazy for
3: not chopping him?
2: That's yeah, my I mean... thing. That's my thing. It's like they want this status, this idea of being light years ahead and seeing the future. Um, but it's okay to get a little bit lucky and to have things work out in a way that you wouldn't have expected. And I don't see it as any kind of mark on them that they were doing that. It just shows you that nobody really knows that there's a lot you of. Did play it as a
1: mark? I saw all the headlines. <laughs> well, that's the other <laughs> did thing. You play it up as a mark against the Warriors.
2: Well, this is that's the other thing with the way things are aggregated and discussed. I mean, I saw Draymond, and we'll probably get into this. What he said about KD, I don't think was was bad. Um, it wasn't bad, but then it's just he no holds He bah. drags
1: KD under the bus. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and it's almost like this weird game of telephone where the issue isn't what you're saying, it's then how it gets, you know, digested and how it gets repackaged, and that becomes the thing. So yeah, there is there's some friction on that end, but then there's other unexpected aspects. There's one warrior in particular who reached out to me and wanted um, wanted a signed copy of the book, and uh, no, I know you guys say Bogut, 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 not Bogut. Um, so it's you know it's unexpected. So it was, wow, was a shout out right there. Yeah, it, was Bo- it was Bogut. It was not Bogut. Um, although I Baby might Lee, do, so- I might you do go something- pull a muscle with all his flexes you do. Oh come on, I might do something with Bogut. Um, I suggested where he can come on a podcast and he can give his take on everything I got right and everything I got wrong. So that that might be a possibility for the future. B-
0: Bogut but with a it? with a sprinkle of news this week. He, uh, he said he might retire. You see that? Ah, yeah, might as well right now. He I said mean, he was gonna pl- he was planning on retiring after the 2020 Olympics, but now since mm-hmm. that got pushed back, he might just retire
3: now. I so. saw. Yeah. The uh, same with both though, those. he could retire and then come back and play that short s- season and drop back in. He, I think he can do that a couple of times. One thing I was going to say I did read the book. Very good. Excellent book, Ethan, which I was not surprised at all about. But I, I kind of like, I felt like, in some ways, was Iguadala kind of like the undercurring, kind of not Greek course, but he was like the conscience. He was like the narrator in some ways about the way NBA players really think, did, did you feel that writing it? And did you sense that? Or maybe later when you go back over, go, wow, there's a
2: lot of kind of Andre undercurrent in this. You, you, Tim, you know I love writing about Andre. And I had a thought because you always have these regrets of, I wish I put this in there. I wish I had more of that. And I actually wanted more Cowbell. I thought to myself, man, I wish there was more. I wish there was more Andre Iguodala in the book, especially because, Um, Bomani Jones, I was just on, on his, uh, on his podcast and he, he read the book and he talked about a little bit with Andre who hadn't and said, Hey, is it true that winning doesn't make you happy? Like as is theorized in the book. And Andre said, yeah, but you miss it. And when Bomani told me that I was thinking, man, that would be a good, that would be a good concept to get in there. That would have been a really good tag at the end of the book. So Andre just always has interesting things to say, and you got to work for it. He could be cryptic. uh, He can be acerbic, but he, he is just such a pure NBA player and also cynical enough to see all that's going on at the same time that, yeah, he's tremendously important for not just writing the book, but I think just writing about the warriors during that time.
3: Okay. When he pulls you aside, I was, I I was with you when this happened, I think around that time when he pulls you aside after the Durant blow up, and he says, "Come on, who's going to be in the league longer, him or who? Who? Who's
2: the, who's the other guy? I don't know. I don't know. I think, in a way, I couldn't tell if Andre was being real or just trying to smoke something out of me. Um, and I still don't know. And Andre is uh, is cryptic enough that you just you just never really know. And I have an idea. I have an idea, but I don't want to speculate on that kind of thing without actually." without actually knowing. But it was a bizarre interaction. One that completely tickled one Kevon Looney. Um and I didn't put it in the book, but I was I was kinda I was kinda afterwards I was talking to Kevon, I was just going, Man, you love this. And Kevon just shrugged and he was like laughing. He was like, I just love beef, man. It it just sort of showed that at that particular time with the Warriors it wasn't like they were sharing every up and down of the Kevin experience. That at times they could stand back and and appreciate how ridiculous everything that was happening was.
1: I think the uh, the discourse about, like, you know, the climb and once you get there and how you handle it and how it's kind of impossible to sustain, for me, that part was really the interesting part. But it also is timely because of, you know, The Last Dance. And we're watching this and we're seeing the unraveling or the ending so to speak (laughs) yeah scotty scotty
2: pippen looks thrilled to have just won five championships at this juncture (laughs) of his career (laughs) on the greatest team of all time (laughs) he looks so happy he looks so happy
1: right yeah right it's we so we got to talk about the last dance and first off did was anybody i was a little underwhelmed Is it if I alone on this
3: one? Oh, wow.
2: You're never going to be allowed on an ESPN property ever again, Marcus. I mean, it's the first two
1: episodes. I, I, okay. I,
2: I, okay. First of all, I want to hear, I want to hear this later. I want to hear. Well, I mean,
0: yeah. Look, I'll go quick. Um, I just, I did see some criticism of it, and some of it was like, ah, they didn't show enough of this, they didn't show enough of that, why didn't we get more behind the scenes, and it was like, yeah, because we're 20% of the way through it, was my thought, I mean, like, I, it seemed like more of the setup to stuff that's coming, so I'm not gonna judge it fully until I've seen it fully.
1: Mm. I mean, we got nothing else to do, so I'm going to judge it every step of the way. (laughs) Marcus (laughs) (laughs) is a
2: tough critic. I mean, Marcus, to be clear, is a tough critic. Um, I've experienced this with movies. I've tried to recommend a movie or TV show, and he will pick it apart in that way. But I do think, at least in the first episode, there was an element of, if you have read Playing for Keeps or the Jordan Rules, there was an element of, on the one hand, visually, it's just so stunning to see him on the Chicago Bulls practice court as Michael Jordan with that that high quality footage. And it's so cool to see it, but they were going over a lot of ground that, that you already, if you know, you already know, and it's just not going to be what it is. For instance, for somebody who doesn't know this stuff or is younger, and it's just going to come off in a completely different way. I thought episode two was more engrossing than episode one. Um, If I'm, you know, and I, I enjoy the whole thing. I I really enjoy it. But if I'm going to critique in the way Marcus is, other than going back to the 1980 whatever it was game against the uh, the Celtics, which was a really cool two minutes that they cut together, and the Danny Ainge golfing, I don't know if I'm getting as much out of going back in time versus that final season where they've got all that killer footage. Especially I, I kind the of,
1: North Carolina felt like forever.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like I don't, I don't need as much of that as I want to be in the modern cauldron of the nba when Krauss and scotty pippen are at odds i mean to me that's 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 the place i want to be and going back in time it feels like it's going over territory that we've been over
3: yeah I, I, but i i i was a lot more uh benevolent towards all that than i think than you guys i looked at it as like it this is like a season of ozark right or a season of justified or se- you know that's how they're playing this they're setting up character points they're kind of raising little issues from the backgrounds. They're poking around things to set up what's going to happen in you know episode seven, eight, nine, and ten. And I I was in Chicago for some so I was at school at that time around then. And then obviously I covered Phil, so I think a lot of this is just like they're bringing stuff, pushing things to the to the front, and then pulling him back, and then pushing things to the front and pulling him back. And, and that Phil Kraus, you know, that obviously was. The epicenter they wanted to show early on this is was the beginnings and then scotty and then they're gonna fill in the blanks from there with rodman and all the rest and and obviously michael will continuously be part of this but i kind of liked it it just kind of was it was such a confident rollout is what i felt they got it they've got the goods they can give it to you piece by piece if they were less confident in their ability to do that they might throw everything they got at you and then you're going well what else am i going to watch here so i I appreciated the confident ability of this. They got Michael sitting down. There's going to be tons more Michael that we've never gotten before. Uh, I appreciated all that. And having covered Phil, the the badassness of Phil, the way he leveraged everything, the way he set everything up, um, I appreciated watching that because that's who Phil is. He is, at all things, he's an angle player. He even told me that. He goes, I don't see the angle in some of this stuff, and I don't know why this guy's doing this because there's no angle there. Everything for him is an angle play, and uh, I am appreciating waiting waiting for him. To, uh, they're setting things up as we're watching him set things up, and we're watching Jordan set things up. And the fascination is that Kraus just seems to kind of let everybody play him, uh, and, and to his um, obviously his reputation suffered for it. You know, I I, I really like TK your Ozark comparison because
1: that's <laughs> that's a show that. It's that slow. starts really slow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember feeling the same way. Like, man, what is everybody talking about? This is trash. Uh, the only uh, the only problem with this Jordan K- thing, kind of like your current uh opinion of the doc. You're like, yeah, what, yeah, what's absolutely. There the problem is, I, I'm, I'm sure I saw the I saw the preview for the Rodman theory, and I I think it's gonna get better. Like the Rodman part, it's going to get better. I know it's going to get better. The problem is me. Like the problem is. I was so hyped and excited for it. Well, I was pro- it. Uh, you,
2: you should own your take. I feel like there's a lot of social pressure right now to not... I'm not... So, nah,
1: this is my take. It, it, I was underwhelmed. And I, I understand part of that was me being very hyped for it. But also a part of it is like with Ozark, you can watch episodes three and four right away. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can get to the part that's got. So like this... We're we're in binge society here. This is Netflix. This is... This is prime video, right? Like I want it all right now in the quarantine. And we've been waiting over a year for this. I, I'm not I wasn't feeling the slow play to start after all of this hype and commercials for a year and all that. I I just expected more of a emphatic opening. But I, I do agree, just watching Mike as Mike, watching MJ, like that was that was definitely worth the price of admission the The strategy of the rollout the strategy
0: of the rollout though is that we can get a live viewing uh experience like it's live sports where if they just if they gave it to you in binge form it wouldn't be the community event that it has been so i don't know did you enjoy that aspect of it i'm sure you were. want no you know, it was
1: good i'm just saying like you know i mean if you're doing it like episodically like, what's the, give me a cliffhanger or something. Like, give me some explosion to make me want to get to the next episode. You, I mean, you, but I'll give you that. My wife enjoyed it. She loved it. She watched it with me. She wasn't, she's not a sports fan. She thought it was incredible. My sister, who's not that big, she she wasn't a big Bulls fan back then. And she's texting me the whole time. She thought it was fascinating. Me, as somebody who digested this stuff like oxygen back then, it just felt like, as Moan Hunted said, uh, it felt like I had this all on a VHS somewhere. That's what, <laughs> that's what I kind of felt like.
2: Yeah, I've heard that it's going to ramp up and that the first two are the slowest and we're going to get into some really good stuff going forward. And some of the slowness, it sets up a reference point that you see that in 1985, that that's when the relationship with management really fell apart, um, which is interesting that that bomb takes so long to to detonate in a way. Um, and hey, hey, I but I TK, wait, I- wait, wait.
1: Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: No, I was just gonna I was just gonna crap on Reinsdorf. Just what what is this? What is no, this? No, like, yeah, play? that's what pretend- I gonna get to. He's pretending <laughs> like Jerry Krause is his boss. He's TK, like, what can I do? I
1: don't understand. I remember this is what I remember as a kid, right? Like a 12-year-old, like living and dying with this every moment. I just didn't understand why this like space jam character is calling the shot. And you got Jordan. And you got Phil Jackson, like, who are, like, basically out. And the owner's like, yeah, cool. (laughs) I I, I just, I still don't get it. I I still don't kind of understand why that was an acceptable reality.
3: You know, it's it's a whole different time. But I think Reinstorf, he's an executive guy. I mean, he's kept with all his, you, you go back and look at his teams, he keeps the executives, John Pax and Gar Garth Foreman have been fit, all forever. For, yeah, forever. I mean they finally foreman finally got the, removed, but the White Sox I mean, have been terrible Kenny William, forever. Yeah. Kenny, Kenny Williams. Williams has been there forever. I mean, he just doesn't believe. He, he he hires his guys and he doesn't believe in moving them. And I think the other thing is, I mean, they kind of imply it. They're gonna get into it more. They didn't believe that Scotty was a guy who could carry a team, you know, at, at thirty-four, whatever however old he was at this moment, thirty-two. And they just like okay if Scotty's going and if we're tired of Phil and we're not going to deal with it, then we are going to break it up. And who? Do, but why? Almost, why was Jordan it, 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 going? Well, that was like a Phil thing. I, I mean, that's a, I, that one is a bizarre. Like if you're if Jordan says I got to play for Phil Jackson or I'm not going to play, you you keep Phil Jackson. Yes, period. This is not and even they just difficult. Des- they, they just decided they didn't want to do that. I think there was some Scotty element. like if he doesn't have Scotty with him, I, I it's hard. For, it's hard. It's a really difficult logical thing to look through but as I, re- I remember at the time it was they're gonna redo this and if they're gonna redo it who do they want redoing it they want the guy who drafted scotty pippen they want the guy who picked phil jackson initially they you know it, it was that like the guy who can put it together again and clearly he didn't and he couldn't but the, the bet was with a guy who could do it again and the irreplaceable person was michael jordan clearly but some for some reason it just kind of elided from them that that was not the person they needed to sacrifice everything for when 99 out of 100 organizations would have said whatever it takes to keep michael jordan on this team we will do i think they also they got tired of phil there's no question they got tired of phil and that became part of the larger picture but what struck me and maybe it's obvious but And I remember when this all was happening, but it really when you know, for a general manager to just say, we just signed Phil Jackson to a one-year deal. He's won five championships. This is his last year. Oh, man, that's crazy. That that situation was so, I mean, it'll it'll never happen again. There's there's no constellation of events that could put that together again like that. But in some ways, in some ways, was the, the Warrior event like that? Kevin Durant saying the opposite saying I'm you know I mean was that was that similar That's what Draymond was saying, right? Yeah, exactly. That's that's why I really felt that like Draymond was saying that was the Phil Jackson Jerry Krause moment. Well, before we Durant get to that, not
1: before we get to that, I want like Krause like how much of that Krause like wanting the power, wanting the credit, as it was portrayed in the in the documentary. Yeah, I'm I sure that reminded you of the Kohan <laughs> <laughs> row. No. Well, I just yeah, but, I remember like when they won, we believed there was like this push to include management and in the success stories. Right? It was just like, oh, these guys, Oh, it's not just the players; it's the whole team. And it's like, yo, that that's it's crazy how that's always in play, right? The 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 vying for credit. Is always in play when there's winners winning. There's not. That's not completely out of the question with Lakub either. I mean,
0: that's still he. He just handles it better. No question. No question. I mean, I mean he
1: he literally has said on the record. Uh, you know, it's not Steph. It's it's what did he say? What was it's it? Not, that it's, not the not ju- it's, it's not. not it's not, just just Steph, Steph. not. It's not just Steph. Not just Steph. Steph. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's not Steph. And then he then he came out. You know, apologized, Right.
2: He did apologize, but it was one of those. I, I got this uh, victory machine. <laughs> it was one of those it didn't seem like he was really that sorry. Apologies. Like, okay, yeah, I gotta, you know, yeah. Sorry, Steph. But yeah, similar a little bit to the Krause dynamic with Michael Jordan. Um Steph Curry was there when Lacob took over. He's the he's the aspect of the Warriors that Lakeub um can't really claim a ton of credit for. And so I think that dynamic in a way, I think that dynamic has improved. A bit over the years but that was a fraught dynamic for a while that was not i don't think that was the closest uh owner player relationship well he fired maybe. mark jackson i mean yeah we
3: got you know, that was all that was part of it now you know steph's not somebody who i mean he was mad about it It's as mad as steph's been at the organization i think ever but he also played golf with lake and been kerr what about three months later uh steph is never gonna get that's always the way shot. to yeah. Steph's heart, huh? Oh, oh, my God. Let's go play Pebble Beach. Okay. Oh, that's not that's not, okay. I can figure that one out. Uh, and let's figure out how to get you better shots. But, um, you know, th- there yeah, that I think the Mark Jackson thing was a, you know, like w- if Steph ever got to that moment of I want to run this place or I want things run through me at least, that was it. And they said, we're still firing a guy. Nah, we're cool. Yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, that's yeah. it. Like, we're still we're firing him, Period and i think that was part of this whole tangled relationship but which, which i think is not you know it's standard it's like a normal thing when you have a lot of huge egos you have a lot of wins you have a lot of credit being parceled out and everybody wants their part of it and it's just you know it's kevin it's kevin and steph it's like all these things and that's why i think though it is unique the the, the curry draymond clay thing is the Bulls didn't have that kind of thing. Like you have three guys who are really, really good, who can just coexist. They can. There's a way they've made it work with all those three guys throughout the years. And you thought it might have been Scotty and Michael, and it was for a long. You know, it was for freaking six championships. But at some point, Scotty was gonna feel underappreciated. And I just don't think. Well, we know it hasn't happened with Draymond and Clay, and I don't think it's going to happen with with Draymond and Clay. That's why this, those three are unique. I mean, among most or any dynasty. So, you know what? I was I I thought about
1: this. And I really thought about Slater when it happened. Uh, Anthony, what 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 would you do if you're in the locker room? Bob Myers walks in, and the players just start roasting that dude. <laughs> like, well, what's I mean, funny how, with what's funny with Bob Myers is he
0: would like handle it well. He'd probably be like giving it back too, and they'd be. Laughing, I mean, like,
1: if it's if it's like,
0: yeah, let's make fun, but if it's like. If you feel like a venomous side to yeah, it. Like, yeah, like that was
3: hard,
1: yo.
0: Yeah. That, let's say I it's mean, not were- Bob.
3: Yeah, We got to take Bob out of this. Like say it's the Warriors general manager and not Bob because Bob, they wouldn't do it. But yeah, let's say it's somebody like Krause. Yeah, and, it's, yeah. it's stunning because like I've only
0: covered two GMs and they both like they're so
3: respected
0: within that world. But I'm trying to like, you know, P- Palinka kind of gets roasted outwardly for like some of his, uh, you know, I I know was part, there was a, portion of ethan's book that i think was on it but just like his messaging um but i can't imagine like actually being around the team or the players or well the the truth is though we've only really seen michael do it and michael's like a certain level now if we're gonna sit there and see steve kerr and wennington and some of these other guys really get in well they
3: talk about scotty doing
2: it i mean they don't have video yeah yeah you're right you're
0: right you're right um Which is still, you know, it it
2: seems like Scotty couldn't even bully correctly. That he was starting to talk about how bummed out he was by everything. And, like, I'm so upset. It's like, no, you got to, if you want to bully him, you got to do what Jordan does and just call him short and fat. (laughs) Which he did
3: too. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's That's again, and and, and, and you have to be at that level to do it, I think. You know, you you have to, and Steph's at that level. We know Steph wouldn't do it. Um, but you have to be a multiple MVP, Hall of Famer in your prime to be able to pull off stuff like that. And and there aren't many guys in the, in the history of the league.
0: I got a question for you guys, because this is a, a slight part of, like, you know, the small criticism we did see of the first few is um, Jerry Krause is not alive to defend himself in this. And I know there are some people that were like that, you know, and he is really getting dragged. Um, so, I mean, does any part of
3: that feel a little bit?
2: Eh, you guys? I, I'm, I'm okay with it
3: i'm okay i would with have it. liked maybe they could have got somebody to speak for him you yeah. know did he have an ally did he have i mean it was jerry equity, wasn't it i i think Steve I guess is so. that
2: i think steve is that in a way i mean steve said he made all these brilliant moves but he couldn't get out of his own way but i think steve's somebody who has more affection for kraus and respects the track record more and looks at him as a guy where um, really, just helped create something for Steve and his career that just would not have. I mean, who knows? Maybe his career peters out there if if not for that. So, um, you heard a little bit of the defense from from Steve, but honestly, as much as everybody's saying he's getting dragged and he's getting ripped and and everything else, it is a reminder to a lot of people that Jerry Jerry Krause built this team who haven't thought about him in a while. Oh, no question, yeah. No and question. it's amazing. And it's amazing to me the degree to which he's not a part of that whole thing. I just wrote uh just wrote today about it about how gms are versus coaches and how weird it is that gms are the boss of the coach many people think they're far more important than the coach and they don't get paid as much because they're not a part of that whole image of the team they're not part of the show the tv show and so yeah and i'll i will say this as much as everybody rips kraus for ending it early and it was a bizarre decision the way they went out is perfect it's perfect never to have lost a finals and not to have gotten old that way. You know they're almost like a celebrity who died young. The dynasty bulls are, and so that that is only added to the lore. So the great sin that Krauss committed, I I don't think hurts the bulls historically. In in, in many ways, it helps them because you, they look you, cooked.
0: You you mentioned Steve being kind of like his defender, and not even just in the documentary. You know Steve's done I don't know seven eight interviews post uh, first show. Uh, and I, I, in one of them, he defended the need for the team to break up. Like not even just like, you know, Krause's previous moves. He was like, look, it was, it was done, uh, regardless. So not that it should have been done the way Krause did it, but there's an argument to be made that like, it was kind of, it had run its course anyways. Uh, and you know, I, I don't know, Jordan stepped away for like what a full year before he went to the wizards or. Uh, yeah he, more
3: than more than, i think it was more two, than yeah, two. Oh, two, yeah. two years yeah, two yeah. or three he,
0: yeah, oh, he, yeah. He, i guess the feeling was he was maybe going to do that anyways and part of that was because of the environment that crowds created but also you hear steve talk about it and i'm not just talking about this in this documentary every time he goes back to utah and salt lake like you know the the local utah fans will ask him hey you know you remember those finals against the jazz and he always references how by the end of this season that we're about to see in this documentary, like, Scotty Pippen's in the tunnel working on his body, and and it was the most fried team he could remember. So this might have got broken up regardless if like, the GM was pu- – the weird thing is that he was pushing to break it up, but yeah. it was kind
3: the of – Well, it, well I think the implication, which I think is true, is that they kind of wanted to do it the year before. Uh, and, you know, they they were ready. They, they were kind of eager to, to see what this would look like. If they moved it around and they only did it another year because Jordan said, I only want to play one, you know, this is it. I'm going to play, sign a one year deal, and Phil's going to be the coach. That's it. Uh, and so they felt like they were extending it. Uh, and maybe that's their concession to Jordan, although I would imagine you could have made a lot more concessions to Jordan than they end up doing. But, I would yeah, it, say, if you tie it to the Warriors, though, and I
0: would, you know, asking you guys, but, you know, if we, if we go two decades from now, we'll be like, you know, why did the Warriors break up? Why did Kevin Durant want to leave? But at the same time, if you were around that team last year, as all of us were, like, can you imagine that still going this season? Like, everyone seemed like they really needed the break no. that they got this season.
2: Yeah, the story had run out. And it's far more of a team process I mean, but than it seems to be Did
1: it run out? That's the, That's the part. I mean, did it actually run out or did things happen... And if they were managed better, like it's almost like there's this inevitable exhaustion of a storyline. And we see evidence where that's not always true. Like the Spurs story didn't run out. You know, there there's something that has to happen in order to start the disintegration of it. Like something has to something has to happen. I think it's interesting in that era. Like the, the difference in the player empowerment empowerment of then and now is just so unique. Can you I mean can you you just can't imagine like part of what the worst situation was was they all felt like they were basically on eggshells around KD, like he had so much power that they felt like they had to adjust around him. Meanwhile, the greatest player ever is saying, Yo, just give me just give me my coach. <laughs> like, why not just restructure? Around Jordan Phil and build the whole the rest of the team around it. Like let Scotty go. Let Robin go. Like don't you start over with the core piece. That's like saying, yo, we're this whole Kevin Durant thing didn't work out. So let's get rid of Stephen
3: Clay too. Like that's it's insane.
1: It's really insane well, also, to think about I mean, you know,
3: and you look look at the salaries. Now we all know Jordan was making $30 thirty million and thirty-three in his last two seasons, but I was just looking it up. If if the numbers on Basketball Reference are correct, you know what what he made the year before that? Like three, 3. million, yeah, yeah three point eight. Year before that, three point eight. Year before that, four. Year before that, four. Year before that, three point two. I mean, this is the greatest player of all time. And he was not, taking
1: lower deals, right?
3: Yeah. Uh, you know, I think he. I don't think he, he was making so much from Nike. I mean, we have to. That's understand what I'm saying. That. Like he was but sacrificing still, the yeah. basketball money but, to build. I mean, the team, he right? could. What what yeah? What was this guy worth? 10x 15x 20x what he was making and that just isn't the case now and and so that's different and you know it just it's it's a and he created the new world i mean there's you know very little question about that but we're, we're talking about a guy who who you know, Dean Smith was his mentor. He, you know, he he just believed in team stuff. He didn't. And I like go talking to him there. The commercials about Rodman taking a vacation when when Scotty came back yeah, yeah. last year, and Michael's like, hell, I needed the vacation. But you know, Jordan took that time off. He did to play baseball. But when he was around, he played eighty-two freaking games. That's what Michael Jordan did. He didn't take these breaks. He didn't take. He load management. He just wanted fans. to play. Yeah, and, and, and on both ends, and he wanted to win and he would burn up that locker room to try to get everyone to try to to, to, to feel like he did. Different there's just different now. You know, there's I, I don't know who feels like that anymore because the world's changed, because the economics have changed, because the you know, the responsibilities have changed. But it does strike me when you go Michael Jordan, when he was the best player in the world and everybody knew it. Was making three point eight five million dollars. That that's a stunning way to look at the difference between then and now because, you know, it, it just the, the amount of power he had, the amount of responsibility he had, the victories he pulled off, and he was making three point eight five million. Even back then, it's just stunning. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane to think about.
1: Uh, e- Ethan, when when you added, did you did you you did see what Draymond said about Durant? Yeah. Yeah. Did you think it was? Did you think it was a
2: fair assessment? You know, yeah. T- trying to get rid of the elephant in the room. I mean, I, here's what I would say about it. It made sense. And when he says it was an elephant in the room, and he wish he wishes that Katie just would have declared it one way or the other. And other people push back and say he has that right in free agency not to decide it. I think what wasn't said is that if it was a happier elephant, it wouldn't have been an issue. You know, like if KD was going into work every day, smiling, saying, you know, let's go get him, let's win this championship. I think the fact that he wasn't committed one way or the other wouldn't have been a problem. It was the combination of one foot out the door, not saying anything to media, and a lot of the time moping. I think all of that is what got on Draymond's nerves and and helped cause the blow up. And so I could argue saying
3: idea. like if, if Kevin didn't know, he just didn't know. You can't force a guy to know, but I think reading through this, I think what Draymond's saying is Kevin pretty Kevin wanted to go. He should have gone the year before then. Like if you're just dragging yourself through this on a championship situation, possibly the greatest roster ever assembled, or one of the top 3 or 4, then if you or if you're not sure about it, then you really don't want to be here, and then don't sign for one more year. Uh, and that I think that's to me reading through because if he if Kevin didn't know what he wanted to do in a year, he clear you know he doesn't have to say he knows he doesn't know, but if it's taken two years for you to not you're you're not sure about this two years two championships two MVP of the finals two times outplaying LeBron in the finals and you're still not sure you're probably go, you're going to go so just go ahead and go after two years. If I'm reading what Draymond's saying clearly all the way through, that's would be my guess.
0: Yeah, I think Kevin got too comfortable with living on the one-year contract life. He had done it; that was his fourth straight season doing it. Um, you know, because he had done it in Oklahoma City too. Uh, and meanwhile, the previous guys hadn't. I, 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 don't, I think Kevin's blind, you know, blind spot in that situation was not understanding part of what Draymond was saying. I thought the sharpest criticism Draymond had for him was his messaging to the media. Because remember when he was like you it you know we had to ask these or answer these questions and you didn't even have to answer these questions because you were just telling them to shut the f up meanwhile i'm actually having conversations that's, that's, were that's, we that's really mean, that's asking mean,
2: them were we no, really we... shaking clay by the shoulders and demanding he give us an answer on his contract Ethan,
3: <laughs> when the people that kevin was telling us to shut the f up were you and me by the way oh so. yeah oh
2: yeah oh yeah yeah i remember i i vaguely remember that um, but I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they got more questions about Kevin, but I don't, I don't remember us asking a ton of questions about Clay. Every yeah, day is contract. every
3: day is a you know it's a rhetorical yeah. device. you know, it, it, a, a lot of times, a lot of times, or that was the implication in a lot of things. Maybe. but you know what, I, I don't
1: think no matter what happened outside of him signing a long-term contract, there was anything that could have been done to stop. The meat, you know what? What was allegedly the issue? And it's the media and the hype and the prodding and the and the dialogue. It and, wasn't going to stop, that
2: and, and that he was never getting the validation for his move that he envisioned when he made it. And he started to get it in that Clippers series. That's when suddenly there's a little bit of, hmm, is he the best player? You know, is he the best player in the league? But I mean, that when was
1: Stephen Draymond says it after in the Clippers yeah. series, like.
2: <laughs> but you know, at that point it was it was starting to go that direction. But then it was uh, the injury kind of disrupted things, and you know, I think the lament from Kevin that is understandable is why does what works for LeBron not work for Kevin? Why? When LeBron joins a super team and he beats Kevin's thunder in 2012 and Kevin plays great. Nobody cares. And we all go, Hey, sorry, we were mad at you, LeBron. You're the best player in the league. But when Kevin is with the Warriors and joins a super team and beats LeBron, everybody shrugs and goes, well, you joined a 73 win team. LeBron's still, still the best player. We don't care. We th- we think exactly what we thought about you the season before when you didn't have a ring. This made no adjustment in our collective mind. Um, And I think maybe it's similar with the one-year contract where why can LeBron just go one year, one year, one year, and it's not an issue. But when Kevin does it, it's an issue. And we can get into the why of it, but you could totally understand why, why Kevin would look at what LeBron had done and wonder why the rules are different for him.
3: I would just say, yeah, and I understand all that and I agree with all that. I just there's a weakness in judging yourself based on the way people react to you and other people. Uh, you know, ba- base yourself on on what you want. And and I think he did largely go into the Warriors. There were a lot of things appealing about the Warriors. The you know, the team chemistry, the the flow of the offense, the ability to be in Silicon Valley and all those things were solid reasons and, and I think were the main reasons but if you're doing it to you know burnish your your reputation if you're do- doing it to elevate your status at Nike if you're doing it to to be considered on the talk shows better than LeBron James you're you're basing things on stuff that's out of your control and that that's where like it, and that's why the Warriors got him like I've always said that you get a guy to move from a team to a 73 win team there's going to be questions whether he's going to stay with you because he's somebody who's a wanderer we all know that but also like you 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 know somebody that he's basing judgments he's basing his values basing whatever on what other people are thinking and you never can control that you can never know that and then everything starts to slide around and there's no solid base for it and that's what i would say lebron does seem to have a more solid base it can change but lebron thing is i'm the greatest player of all time period and and, end of discussion Kevin says, I want to be the greatest called the greatest player of all time. And why aren't I? And and that is a tougher situation to be in, even if you are maybe the greatest player of all time. And I don't think he is, but he's one of the top six or seven. Then if you're not comfortable with what people are saying at the time, then you're you're allowing yourself to be affected by what 25 people on ESPN are saying. And that's that's a weird place to be if you're. I really kidding, right? think that's yesterday. what it is too. It's the talk show hosts. It ain't it people ain't, who are incentivized. Not reading what we're writing.
2: Yeah, people who are incentivized to just keep the conversation going as opposed to declare a final winner of something and just praise you like it's the 1990s and you're going to be on the cover of the sporting news. And it's just not it's just not what it is anymore. That's not how it goes. They need content and they will find content, especially if you create some of the content that that he's created. And yeah. Um, he's it's just a fascinating dynamic. I can certainly understand why it didn't work out for him in the way that it would. Um, I wonder what he'll think about it when he looks back on it later, though.
0: Well, what's interesting is they didn't lose because of the sour mood of the team last year, they lost because they got injured. Yes. Um, and w- that's even- the crazy
2: part,
1: they would have won anyway, right? Yeah, if, if
0: and you know, if he had come out last year and said, I'm definitely leaving, um, and you know. And they had won. Um, you know, they would have won three. But the truth is, he could have done all he did last year. And if he doesn't get injured, they probably win. And then they've won three, and he leaves. So um, his argument would probably be like the mood didn't really matter as far as like the props that's we were on
2: that's that. what's interesting to me too is that all this stuff that theoretically matters. Well, here's the way it matters. I think I kind of made this point in the book. It, the the happiness of the team might matter less as far as winning a championship that season but it matters tremendously towards keeping the whole thing together for more championships that's where it matters that maybe we overrate the chemistry aspect when it comes to the short term but we underrate it when it comes to the long term and they just didn't have enough chemistry for them to have a longer term run with this particular core so
0: so i have a hypothetical question i want to ask you guys and it's it it relates to hold hold on
1: hold on real quick let me uh Go back to TK's point before I forget. TK uh, Jordan was made three point eight five million in ninety-five-96, thirty-second highest paid player in the league. Guess who was number one?
2: Uh 95-96. Oh. Oh. That's think a here. great question. Dominic Hakeem?
1: Wilkins Charles Barkley. All wrong. Patrick Ewing, eighteen point
3: seven million. David Falk uh, client. David, David Falk client. Well, didn't But number New two York was Kline. Clyde
0: Drexler at nine point eight. So how about in like nineteen eighty whatever when they did the draft and they're like you got to have a big man. There's no way you can dominate the league without a big yeah, man. Yeah, all of
1: comments like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <All> right, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, he's too small. <laughs> all right, Slater, go ahead. My bad.
0: Um. Okay. So my hypothetical question to you guys is: Let's take Draymond's. Um, let's take his. You know, idea for Kevin Durant and put it into use. What if KD did come out like? Jerry Krause did, and we're talking about how ridiculous, how crazy it is that Jerry Krause would come out and say, Phil Jackson's going to be gone. What if KD, before last season, comes out and says, I am leaving in the summer. Let's go do it. Like, it I, it sounds great in theory. It, like, wow, this would have been fun. It, Man, it that would have been anything. awkward. It that won't would've... stop
1: you can't stop the machine. It wasn't going to stop. If he comes out and says that, even if he just says it to the team, it's gonna leak, and then that's gonna be the dialogue all year. The only real solution was for him to lie and say, "I'm coming back." Like, let's do this. Let's keep going. And then it's Kumaya, but then he's got to hold that all year,
3: <laughs> right? And Which,
0: then and then you have a feeling like you have in Oklahoma City. Not that he said he's yeah, absolutely, coming back, absolutely. It's like yeah. you
3: burned us. Yeah. So. Yeah. Or he could have done the Paul George to sign a
2: long term contract and then force the trade. Yeah, that's I mean, why you know, that, I, that does happen. That's why I think, although I understand what Draymond was saying, I think the main issue was just the general uh, downness, uh, and that was the that was the general the general issue. Yeah, the answer was to handle it better. Yes, <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: I agree. I can remember an East Coast trip in the like middle of, of of when this was all going down, and he was so sullen the whole trip, and it was like. It was when it was at its peak of like people were like, dude, just like have a better mood was like the main thing. Anthony,
2: remember the mood he was in after that Clipper, that Clipper game that was just one of the greatest individual performances I'd ever seen where they won the series. And he was just he did that interview with you and he was just so he was so angry. (laughs) Yeah, it was
1: like, yeah, it but, but you know, it kind of started the year before in the playoffs. Like, yeah, and, and it kind of started, kinda kinda started the better. year
0: before, before the playoffs. Yeah, before the, of the year playoffs, before, yeah, yeah. like early regular season. I just I remember
1: mean, that New Orleans series, like, dude, like he's in practice, and I'm like, man, you look like your dog just got shot. Like, yeah, I I remember late that season when and they got blown out.
0: I think about like 40 points in Indianapolis, and that's when Steve went like crazy in the post game and was like questioning all the how hard they were. Working or something. I can't remember his exact wording, but then I like relayed that to Katie in the locker room and Katie like super disagreed with him. And that was a that was when it was kind of not great. I can remember Steve sitting down a few times. Like I was, I remember sitting down with him in Utah after a shoot around and he was like, Yeah, I don't know what, you know, I don't know why he's doing this. And this is year two, this is pre playoffs year two. So it was going on a while.
1: So are, is there going to be a, uh, a... A last dance documentary in twenty years on the Warriors. You know, I was gonna
3: say if if, you're, if someone should park a camera in with this this season, whatever the next season is, whoever you know, if they have one, I, and I don't think it's gonna be last dance version because obviously Kevin's gone, but you still have Steph, Draymond, Clay, whoever else they pick up. Kerr, again, it's not gonna be as loaded, and we're not gonna for for sure know the last year. I think it's going to be a fascinating year, though. I really, I mean, this, they, they kind of know that this window is closing on them. They're a unique kind of, you know, entity in the world of sports. We're still talking about them. We're, we're going to be talking about them for, in the Bay Area forever and maybe in the world forever. Get some, you know, I, I don't want to plan out for other people, but get some cameras around them and let's see what they come up with in 10 years with, with a documentary like this. Question, yeah.
0: though. <laughs> Not yeah.
3: to, not to wrap this into the sad present will there be
0: fans for to watch them yeah. will, will we yeah. have locker room access i you know it's th- this is a super important year for them moving forward i'm not sure they're going to have it the way they want to have it
2: yeah i mean that's just that's so hard that's so hard to predict i mean that's the, that's the thing sports is in this position right now where as much as it's loved by most people it seems to not be essential when we keep talking about these essential services, and it seems to almost have the highest risk combined with being the least essential. And you just wonder at what point is it going to get back online after these other things are when they start putting the economy back together piecemeal? Um, it yeah, you you could I no I, it I, could make
3: it could make the documentary even more dramatic. I mean oh yeah, yeah oh yeah absolutely right? we didn't this know this moment in time. Yeah, this moment in yeah. time. Yeah, you're chronicling and
1: history at the same time. Yeah.
3: yeah like you you got the world, the global situation, you've got a basketball team, you've got, you know, coming off of a terrible season, you've got the, you know, the well, they still would have gone to five straight finals, I guess, huh? And um, if they don't have a playoffs this season and I think we're getting close to that 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 point by the way. Um there's a lot you know again it's not Michael Jordan it's not Phil Jackson and the, the, there's 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 some drama there that will never be duplicated with the Bulls but
2: I bet they got enough footage. Yeah. I bet yep. they got enough yep.
1: footage
3: from the last three three,
1: three
2: years yep. behind the yep. scenes. To well, yep. this is social
0: media era too. Yeah, so. they, you know, they the got NBA,
2: it. I think yeah. the main point I want to make about these things is that the NBA is not in control of it, and that's what makes it so unpredictable. The politicians are in control right now. George in and- control. Oh, you talking about the documentary? I mean,
1: you talking about the life? I was talking about the documentary. Speaking of which, who's in charge of it? Like, I thought it was hilarious how Jordan describing going into the party room. In the hotels.
3: Like, man, they were they were drinking and, and, and doing lines, not me. <laughs> I wonder, like, can you imagine you, people tweet about it? Can you imagine, like, members of that team are watching it and going, oh, oh. Yeah, everybody who was on that team just got, like, thrown into Although, if you knew that team, it's not terribly a surprise, but – uh, I, it is, I would it, say that was the first moment I was like, "Yeah, this is gonna be a really
0: good documentary." If he's saying that, you know, what else is he saying? And then you saw it later, like he kind of criticized Pippin, which I was like, "Ooh, you know, I mean, that he had that drink nice. going, he
3: had that he had that drink going." So uh, who knows how many drinks he, he, we can get into? Yeah, channel. he was like yeah, like, "Yeah, and I didn't
1: drink." It. At least not back then. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> I'm drinking right now.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, I, I yeah. thought he was kind of lame for the Pippin thing, though. It's like. I mean, are you serious? You mad at Pippin because he's vastly underpaid and is pissed off about it? Like 20 years later, yeah, you still it, mad? But
3: with, my, with Michael, it's all it's all about what it de- did to him. Okay, give what, him $10 yeah, yeah, million it, yeah.
1: then. <laughs> Pippin, here you go.
0: Here go, $10 million. Come play. You know what else, though? Like, what does Michael Jordan do now? I mean, he's ownership, he's yeah, well, yeah. the management that's side right. of it. Yeah. Yeah. An and if you know what,
3: like so. some of these discussions, Michael's one of the hardest line owners in there. Like, he's one of those guys, like, we're not giving up all this stuff to the players. He really, you know, he's not super, super hard line. But I've heard that in these, like, in the toughest moments, Jordan is one of the guys who's, like, not willing to give up much ground to players. Uh, maybe it's some of it, like, look at all the stuff that I did to get this. You've got to earn Absolutely, it like right. I, I made. Y'all, y'all make more it. money than I made on the court. I like, made $3.85 million, and yeah, I'm right. looking at Zaza Pachulia making eight. The hell of that.
1: Yeah, you, you know he's thinking that. Uh, okay, so George rookie team. TK, tell us which one was in there doing lines. Orlando Woolridge, Quentin Daly, <laughs> well, uh, Dave yeah, I Corzine, say. Dave Greenwood, Steve Johnson, Caldwell Jones, Enos Watley, Wes Matthews. I wonder if he's related to Wes Matthews. Uh, Jawan Oldham, Sidney Green. Rod Higgins was definitely not. Not Rod Charles Higgins. Charles Jones, not. Chris Engler, not Rod Higgins. Not I haven't seen Higgins. him in a
3: while. It was good to see Rod Niggas in exactly Ma- you know, the United And That's Michael's guy, right? Oh, I mean yeah. that's my, his no, guy he's Michael's guy, yeah. guy. So like when you start talking about like the veterans, I, I think Michael was sorta of close to Woolwich, right? A little bit. I think they went back and forth, but I think that was one of the veterans he sort of respected. And Rod's his guy. Like Rod's forever. He hired him to be his general manager, then fired him. But um, you know, I've always heard that that Rod's his guy. And and you know maybe the rest of them and there's some names in there that seem pretty obvious who who might be problematic characters in there but (laughs) um you know there's a few of those guys that you go yeah that those would have been okay they could have been they could have been part of a, a winning team with michael now none of them ended up being but um, Rod Higgins for sure. Let's not make sure Rod Higgins isn't thrown into the bus nah, on this one. Nah, I area. know Rod. Rod's a good dude, yeah. man. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's like I, I think was it I'd was a line that like he's the he's got the greatest marriage in 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 sports. Like that. That's yeah. That's like the, the as solid a guy as there is in the NBA. Rod Higgins. No question. Uh, all right, we're we're out of here. Ethan's gone, so
1: I guess we gotta quit anyway because the victory machine is out of here. Uh. One last thing, I, I do think we need to bring back gold chains on the court.
3: Yeah, like, well, that was just for the slam
1: dunk contest. It's just that still wasn't look, for the game. It's still, it's looked still incredible. Didn't Orlando still,
3: Woolridge have one? Like, yeah, I think might have had one, one chain or two. The, yeah, probably. The
1: single gold rope. They need to
3: be able to play in
1: those. Nah,
3: that's that's dangerous. But sure, but it was, I think his first slam dunk contest, Jordan dunked in his in his sweats first, moved on and then won it wearing like fourteen gold chains. So. Epic, 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 epic. All right. We will holler at you next week. Until then, uh, stay safe,
1: stay inside, and uh, try to stay sane. We out.